Sports Talk for real sports fans. It's Jimmy B and TC. Here's Jim and Trent. All right, everybody, welcome back. We continue all the way till 6 o'clock tonight. Boy, we've had a good show already today. We still have Tad Haslip coming up, sporting news on the National Football League, and we'll get into all of that. Hey, Trent, I don't know if you saw this or not, but with the NHL and the uh, Las Vegas Knights, the expansion team, people are naming their, like, pets after some of the players. Have you seen this at all? Oh, well, it's not a surprise. I haven't seen that individually, but this happens all the time. And I'll tell you what, yep. Jimmy B, you're going to see a whole lot of Bryants and Addisons and those kind of kids that are going to be coming through the ranks here the next couple of years after what the Cubs did two seasons ago. It happens all the time. It, it, it's not a surprise at all to me. In fact, well, the, the name Jordan became very popular. You know why, it right? It did. Yes. Yeah, because I called his first game ever on TV. That's not the reason. It has nothing. No. It's not all about you, Brinson. It's Michael Jordan. <laughs> he's he's the reason for it. So, no, that doesn't surprise me at all. But any good names? I mean, I, to be honest, outside of Marc-Andre Fleury, I can't name another Vegas Golden Knight. And, and to name one for me is pretty good. Okay. Well, you did name the most popular one because... And I saw this on Twitter today, so this is legit. Yes. If it's on the Internet, if it's on the Internet, it's legit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it cracked me up. This person named their dog Bark Andre Fleury. Wow. Bark Andre Fleury. Now, that's pretty good. You got to think. Okay. I was just. Okay. All right. Just. Just a little side note, that's all. Just a little side note to help you out. That didn't help you at all. Didn't help you at all, Jimmy <laughs> I, I appreciate the effort. So it sounds to me like you need the NHL playoffs back in your life if, if that's what's dominating your hockey uh, knowledge right now. I'm telling you, I, I miss it. I, I It's way too long for this Game 7. Look, you and I both got dialed in. And with what we saw with the Washington Capitals now eliminating the Pittsburgh Penguins, so we know we're going to have a different Stanley Cup champion than Pittsburgh. So I'm excited about this. And look, I figure Ken Miller is like, is he fit to be tied? I mean, is is he, you're going to work with him tomorrow during yeah. the noon show? Is he is he a mess right now with what's going on with Winnipeg? Yeah, he's not doing well. He he's he's not doing well right now. <laughs> he is uh, very much struggling. Gets gets a little frustrated, uh, down at times. Uh -huh. Other times he gets excited. You know, the the latest thing after what happened to them by uh, the four nothing loss in Game Six is now he's just playing the card. Well, I just hope they don't get blown out. And and I finally, I had to call on it today. I said, yeah. Ken, come on. You, you don't care if they just don't get blown out. You want them to win stop as a fan. But this is a fun part, Jim, because I, I've been listening to Ken Miller for, you know, decades. I, I've been listening to Ken on oh, the radio yeah. for a long time. And he is such a even-handed as it pertains to Iowa and Iowa State. He, he doesn't take a side. He doesn't right. have a rooting interest. I give you crap. You have more of a rooting interest than he does, and that's okay. But but Ken looks at things, seriously, very objectively, and he evens out some of those highs and lows overall. But him as a fun, fan, Jim, it's funny. You never got to see this before because oh, Winnipeg wasn't there, and then when they were, they've been 
frankly they were terrible. Lousy. Yeah, they were bad. Yeah. So it didn't matter. And to see him like this and, and hear some of the things that he says, especially off the air when we're not on. <laughs> and I said, Ken, you sound just like every Cyclone and Hawkeye fan that you've heard for the yeah. last 25 years. Yeah, I know. I know. It's got to be entertaining. I mean, that's it's got to be fun. That that poor guy, he has suffered so long, and he was so distraught when the Winnipeg Jets pulled out and moved to the Valley of the Sun and became the Phoenix Coyotes. And then when they were back, oh, my God, the dude was over the moon. I'm telling you. And now to have them a game away, a game seven, from getting to the conference finals and a chance to play the, oh man, Ovechkin and the Capitals. I, 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 I can't wait to li- listen to him tomorrow, Trent. I, I, you're going to have to listen, like badger him a little bit for me and find out if indeed get his, get, get a way to check his blood pressure. Okay. <laughs> because it, it could be off the charts. <laughs> I have a feeling it's going to be. So we don't have any hockey tonight. We get game five of the Eastern Conference uh, semifinals, but that one just wake me up when LeBron's there. We get to see him in, in the Eastern Conference finals, wherever it proves to be more than likely Boston. Though, Jim, uh, I, I saw the other night after the game four victory from the Philadelphia 76ers, they moved to a, I think, plus 375 dog now. You bet 100, you'd win 375 if they come back and win this series. I'm not ready okay. to go there, but I, I thought that I could see it. They, a lot of times, yeah, a team will win a game four, but you still, it's very difficult to envision winning four straight. And it's what never happened in the NBA. It's happened only a couple of times in baseball, it happened once in hockey, I believe. It just yep, it doesn't that, happen very often. No. I, I think I could carve out a path, though, for this one happening. How about you? I think that if they were to pull the upset tonight, and Boston is favored in this game, uh, if they pulled the upset tonight, I would give them, obviously, a much better chance. Back in Philly, and then the seventh and deciding game uh, back in Boston, where they would have already won a game. So I could see that, but Trent, I, I I just can't see them beating Boston tonight in the Garden. I think the place is going to be electric, and I think they're going to do some things defensively and muck it up on Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid and make their life almost a living hell without beating the the stuffing out of them, which you really can't do in basketball. And I, I just think it's going to be a very physical game. I think that they will challenge the Philadelphia 76ers, as soon as the ball comes over midcourt, they're going to be right up on them. That's just the way that I see this tonight. All right, Jim, uh, coming up tomorrow, we mentioned the hockey will get going. We also will get started with the real fourth major, not that garbage PGA championship, the real fourth major, TPC <laughs> Sawgrass and the Players yeah. Championship. A great field each and every year, Jimmy B. You got Tiger, you got Phil, and and did you see those two that they're talking about going out and playing uh, for some real money against each other? Heads up golf. Would you be into that? Oh, I'd be into that. I, I, I look at I. Do you, Trent, you're old enough to remember. Remember long ago they used to do the skins game on TV. Absolutely, the golfers what, in, in the thanks, skins game. Yeah, Thanksgiving weekend, right? Yes, yes, yeah. and it was awesome. 
It was awesome. And if and if you have the hole, the skin carried over to the next hole. I would love to see that. And I just think that if they did, they could have Tiger and Phil, Rory, Jason Day, or Jordan Spieth, one of the one of those guys, and make it a foursome. Oh my God! And if they opened up the you know where you can you can like it's a million dollars of skins total skins. I I just think it would be absolutely great stuff. I really do. And you could do it in one day. You know, you do it on a Saturday or a Sunday. When the NBA's over, NHL's over, all that's left is Major League Baseball. I think for a one-time, and remember how we always talk, well, it's sports, but then there are what we call events. It becomes an event. I, I think I think it would become an event if indeed that were the case. That'd be a lot of fun. The problem with that, and it's something that happened, and you see it on the weekend uh, in the match play event that they have earlier in the season, is, Jim, when you get just a couple of guys out there, there's so much downtime. That's difficult on television. It's difficult. Yes. Unless these guys are mic'd up and they're actually talking crap at each other and, and making side wagers, I don't yeah. know. I don't know if it would be what it once was. And there's a reason the skins went away because the numbers continue to dissipate because of just that very fact. And, and it's difficult. The pacing of golf makes an event like that incredibly difficult. I'm with you. And, and they would have to come up with some way. They could do it in two twosomes. That way you'd always have somebody uh, getting ready to hit a shot while the other people were finishing up on the green and then walking to the next tee box. So you could do it like that. But I just think, and, and look, they did the skins. It was like almost every weekend for like 10 weeks in a row. I'm just talking about a one-time event uh, with, with four guys. I, I just think that that would just, it would just be so much fun and so entertaining. And I agree with you, Trent. If they mic the golfers, now they'd have to edit it sure. with some of the language that right. takes place, but, but it would still be highly entertaining. Mike, the golfers, and more than anything for me, hey, they're, they're playing for millions of dollars. It's rich guys getting richer. Yeah. Who cares? Put up their own money. Now, now we're talking. Yeah. Now we're cooking yeah. with fire. Tiger, bring $5 million cash to the event. <laughs> Phil, bring $5 million cash to the event. <laughs> then play that thing off. Now you have something. Now you got something that I'd certainly be interested in a lot more than just two rich guys playing around a golf, regardless of how fun they are. That's the players. That starts up tomorrow. Coming up next, we're talking NFL. Tad Haslip from the Sporting News. He joins us next on Jimmy B and TC. You found your home for real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700 KBGG. Hey guys, Trent Condon here again. You've heard me talking about New Leaf Wellness. Maybe you thought about checking it out. Now's the time. Coming up on Thursday, New Leaf Wellness is having an open house. Thursday, May 10th from 9 until 5. This is your chance to learn what New Leaf Wellness can do for you, including their hormone therapy and their weight loss program. You'll also be able to enjoy some healthy snacks and win Cubs tickets. That's right. Tickets to the iCubs and the Chicago Cubs were given away Thursday at New Leaf Wellness. 
And during the open house, take advantage of specials including 25% off hormone and weight loss evaluations, 25% off the first month of take-home injections, and a whole lot more. Stop by the open house Thursday, May 10th from 9 to 5 at New Leaf Wellness, 3930 West Town Parkway in West Des Moines. I'll be there live at 4 o'clock for Jimmy B and TC. Stop on out, win Cubs tickets, Chicago Cubs and Iowa Cubs. We'll see you Thursday at New Leaf Wellness. What type of people will create a world without type 1 diabetes? We're the lift each other up type. The more determined than you think type. The type that will walk for life-changing research. And stop at nothing. Until type 1 becomes type none. Join a JDRF walk near you, so one day you could say, I helped turn type 1 into type none. Take the first step at walk.jdrf.org. Sponsored by Liberty Mutual Insurance. You have enough things to worry about every day. Insurance shouldn't be one of them. You can leave worry behind when Liberty stands with you. Liberty Mutual Insurance. Find great gifts for mom and big home improvement savings during Menard's Mother's Day Sale. Enjoy the natural beauty and durability of genuine western red cedar radius edge decking. Our select tight knot grade is free of unsightly wane and is naturally resistant to rot and decay. It's available in even lengths up to 20 feet and it's on sale now. Save on western red cedar decking and everything else. Offers good through May 12th. Plus, Menard's gift cards are perfect for Mother's Day. Save big money at Menard's. Life's never perfect, but as realtors, we know living it in the perfect place can make a big difference. Imagine watching your toddler vomit all over the hardwood floors when you almost settled for carpet. Screaming loudly into a pillow in that private first floor master. Finding the mudroom covered in what you hope is mud and remembering why you wanted a mudroom. So get the perfect place to house all of life's imperfections. Get Realtor. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. When you join the Fuel Rewards Program at Shell, you get instant gold status and save five cents per gallon on every fill every day. And if you join between now and May 27th, you can save an additional 25 cents per gallon on your second fill. But you'll feel like you're reaching up and high-fiving a million angels. To join, download the Fuel Rewards app and start saving today. Offer subject to gold status. Limit 20 gallons of participating Shell stations. See fuelrewards.com slash gold for full terms and conditions. Restrictions apply. For 25 cents per gallon bonus, 5 gallon minimum purchase required on first bill. The Rookie is Central Iowa's leader in sports cards, collectibles, supplies, and memorabilia. The Rookie has a large selection of vintage and modern-day sports cards for brands such as Topps, Upper Deck, and Panini. Whether you're starting a new collection or building your own, The Rookie has all your needs from football, basketball, baseball, hockey, UFC, and more. It's time to collect. Stop by The Rookie, 9992 Swanson Boulevard, right across from the Willis Auto Campus, and online at therookiesportscards.com. Villaggio Italian Restaurant brings real homemade Italian to you. Fantastic food, great service, and an elegant vibe that feels like home. All your favorites from the original in Norwalk and an expanded menu with the newest location on 100th Street in Urbandale. Plus, one of the best happy hours in the metro from 3 to 6 each weekday. When you're thinking Italian, make it Villaggio. Pizza, pasta, sandwiches, and more. Two locations, Sunset Drive in Norwalk and 100th Street in Urbandale. Villaggio Italian Restaurant. At Wolf Construction, we do many large construction projects across the Midwest, but we started as a roofing company and we're still a roofing company today. At Wolf Construction, we believe in honest work, a fair price, and work we stand behind, and our 10-year workmanship warranty proves it. We know roofing. 
With our one-day get-it-done approach, we're known as a roofing machine. Call Wolf Construction for a free estimate at 515-225-8866 or visit us on the web at wolfconstruction.net. At Wolf Construction, we take your roof personally. The Des Moines Menace soccer season is right around the corner, and we have a big event to kick things off on Wednesday, May 23rd at Exile Brewing Company. It's the 25th anniversary of the Des Moines Menace, and they're celebrating in style. The first 250 rupees poured will be just 25 cents. Jimmy B and TC will be broadcasting live from Exile May 23rd to kick off the Menace season. Tickets, giveaways, players and coaches on hand from the Des Moines Menace. All at Exile Brewing Company. May 23rd from 4 until 6 o'clock and 25 cent Ruthies. Crack open a Ruthie today! Enjoy your exile! And welcome back, everybody. We say hello to you as we continue here in the second hour. Jimmy B and TC on the Big Talker 1700. Uh, it's always a good day when we get a chance to talk the National Football League sporting news. Tad Haslop is our guest. You've heard him on the show many times, and he joins us right now. It seems like there is never an off day, really, in the NFL. Uh, Tad, how are you, pal? And what's the uh, the latest news that you could uh, drop on us here? Well, you just kind of described my whole life there with never an off day in the NFL. I mean, what what do you want? Do you want suspensions? Do you want appeals? Do you want mini camps? <laughs> I mean, it's it's you guys know it's it's never ending. Trent and I got to talk about uniforms for like twenty minutes last <laughs> time. Did. So, I mean, <laughs> I it's just, it just really depends on what your taste is for the day. Well, hey, so all right, let's go. Up and I am the self-proclaimed yep. <laughs> uniform czar of Iowa. Yes, you are. Yes, so you, you are. gave me an opening. There's rumblings that the Jets might be going back to the beautiful Kelly Greens of the 1980s. You got anything on that for us, Tad? Uh, no inside scoopage here, but there are several Jets players who have been kind of hinting at this. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's some sort of Jets event, like a taste of the Jets. I think it's scheduled for the 16th and. And, um, you know, Jamal Adams has been, you know, sharing stuff. Like, there are a lot of hints out there that the Jets could be getting some uniforms. And I think, Trent, you and I will agree that this couldn't possibly come any sooner uh, simply because the this dark green shade, the, the, the boring circular New York Jets logo, all of that has run its course. Uh, I think if you're the Jets, you invite back that Kelly Green, uh, maybe even a cool logo, bringing back that old-school 1980s Jet look. Uh, I think would be an awesome change for this organization. And look, they just drafted a new quarterback. Like, there's never a better time when you're trying to rebrand your team than right after you draft a franchise quarterback or you, who you hope will be a franchise quarterback. And last time we talked about uniforms, we talked about how, like, the Panthers are the team that really needs a uniform change. I would argue the Jets are, are kind of a close second here. I, those what Uniforms they've had for several years now, about 20 years now, just don't do anything for me. I don't know about you guys. No, I'm the same way. Uh, I, I love the Kelly Greens, and I hope they go yeah. back to it. Color is important, and especially, well, <laughs> my high school, we were the Green Devils. Shade of green, very important oh, to me. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Not right. this again. All right, all right Jimmy. But you, you go ahead with football <laughs> questions. Take it away, Prince. <laughs> you the Saints and the suspension with Ingram and all of that stuff. Uh, and you reference Sam Darnold. By game five, 
is Sam Donovan for the New York Jets? You know, I wouldn't be surprised, to be honest with you, if Sam Darnold is the day one starter. I mean, look, this is a wow. team that that's uh, you know going into the season with Josh McCown. They they like the the continuity there, the veteran leadership. But we've seen rookie quarterbacks step into training camp and just immediately take the job. And I don't see any reason why Sam Darnold can't do that. And you could actually make the same argument for all the other first round quarterbacks, except maybe Lamar Jackson, because he's working behind a Super Bowl MVP and Joe Flacco. Now, there are a lot of people who might disagree on Joe Flacco's skill level, uh, but that's a situation where it seems like the starters planted. I know Cleveland has said that Tyrod Taylor is going to start, but I, I, I can't trust anything coming out of that organization at that point in the season. And Hugh Jackson said that before Baker Mayfield was even drafted. So any of these first-round guys, look, I know that there's an idea out there that, that rookies are better off starting, or excuse me, sitting for a while behind the starter, learning a little bit, you know, taking their lumps later on. Um, it, there's not really any evidence to suggest that that's true. I mean, we've done a, a start-and-sit list uh, at Sporting News. Vinny and I, or I worked on it a couple years back, and we just keep updating it. And a, a lot of guys have started immediately and had plenty of success. So there's not necessarily a scientific formula for this. It, it's more about the art of knowing your team and knowing the player. And, look, if the Jets think that Sam Darnold can command a huddle and if his teammates trust him, and ultimately, if he gives them the best chance to win, there's no reason he can't start immediately. You know, speaking of rookie quarterbacks, uh, go through opening practices as rookie camps have been going on, and there's a, a lot of talk about, you know, what happens with Baker Mayfield as a leader and, and these kind of stories. And it's one thing at the collegiate level and to get guys to follow. It's another one at the NFL level. Are you a believer in the hype that's surrounding? You know, maybe some people in that organization did like Darnold more, but when it came down to it, Baker Mayfield being a leader of men maybe was the difference maker of him being the number one pick. Do you believe that stuff? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I mean, you know, I find it odd because for pretty much most of the pre-draft process, you didn't really hear that about Baker Mayfield. I mean, it was more about uh, the, the off-field stuff, and you, you heard the comparisons to Johnny Manziel, which personally I think are very unfair, um, and so now you're getting people saying, well, that's the worst-case scenario for him, and maybe the best-case scenario for him is a Brett Favre, kind of one of those happy-go-lucky, throw-it-around, uh, but the bottom line is he's a leader. Um, and look, everyone knows, you know, when you draft a quarterback, that's, you know, you, when, if you list the qualities you want in a starting franchise quarterback, leadership is, is if it's not number one, it's pretty close, right? It's probably 1A or 1B. Um, so I do believe that he has those qualities, and, and I, ultimately he's just a very accurate passer. I mean, I mean, the numbers, the red zone numbers uh, that have been referenced by the Browns after they drafted him are staggering, and frankly, I didn't really know all of them. I hadn't done that much research into the, the red zone numbers specifically of all these quarterbacks. And the other stat that I found telling uh, was the fact that Baker Mayfield, despite being six foot tall, had the fewest amount of passes batted down in college. Uh, compared to those other guys, and and the big, you know, one of the biggest knocks against him was his size, and that kind of proved that hey, it doesn't matter how tall you are, if you can find throwing lanes, and if you can make plays, you can play in the NFL. We see Drew Brees do it, we see Russell Wilson do it. There's no reason Baker Mayfield can't do that too. Uh, but like you said, it all boils down to leadership. If if he doesn't have that, and I kind of mentioned the same thing with Sam Darnold, if he can't command a huddle, if he can't get his teammates uh, to trust him and to trust that he knows the playbook back and forth, uh, then it's not going to work. But I I do think. Uh, that, you know, I, I trust John Dorsey in this regard. I, I think he's able to spot that, and uh, I think they have a pretty good player on their hands. 
All right, Ted, then take me to the quarterbacks real quick because they have had rookie camps. And give us what you have heard coming out of those camps. Uh, Mayfield, Darnold, Josh Allen, and... uh, and, and Rosen as, as well. Uh, anything of substance that came out of those camps about those QBs? Sure. We, uh, we had one of our riders, David Steele, uh, in Baltimore uh, for a Ravens minicamp last week. Uh, and there was some interesting stuff. I, mean, I know, you know one of the quotes that was kind of making the rounds on social media was Lamar Jackson saying that he hadn't spoken with Joe Flacco, which isn't really crazy. I mean, Joe, Fl- Joe Flacco hasn't necessarily been around, and he hasn't done any media interviews. Uh, since the draft, so you know maybe they've spoken by now. It's been about a week since then, so um, I, I didn't really read a lot into that. Although a lot of people did, and you know we actually had a column written by Jeff Diamond today. Jeff Diamond, of course, is a former NFL executive of, of the Vikings and the Titans, and he is adamant that Lamar Jackson could win this starting job. Now, not necessarily in training camp, uh, but if wow. the Ravens start the season on a bad note. Uh, or if Joe Flacco is sputtering again, he sees every reason to believe that, that Lamar Jackson could be thrown in. This is a guy that a lot of people are excited about. Uh, the Ravens have already made it clear, or not necessarily clear, but they have suggested that they will have special packages uh, for Lamar Jackson in that offense. So, you know, all the signs point to, hey, you know, we really like this guy as a quarterback. And uh, if, you know, Joe Flacco hasn't been great the last three years, and the Ravens haven't made the playoffs the last three years, and this is a fan base that has kind of grown spoiled by some success. So, you know, it's the first sign of trouble. I wouldn't be surprised if something like that happens. And, you know, you mentioned the other situations. You know, it, it sounds pretty open for everybody except Baker Mayfield. Again, the Browns have said that uh, Tyrod Taylor is going to be the starter. But like I said earlier, I, I don't even know if I believe that. So, um, again, it goes back to what I said at the beginning. I wouldn't be surprised if all of these guys get a chance to start uh, in week one or at some point during their rookie season. You know, it seems like there's more and more pushback, Tad, from – from veterans and the stories of Roethlisberger and Brady and on and on and on. Is that just the changing dynamic about the way teams are covered? Or do you think this is a new phenomenon, not not being that helping hand to your successor, but, hey, stay away. I, I still got work here to do. Yeah, I don't I don't think there's anything new with that. I mean, look at you know what happened 10 or so years ago with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. People mm, still yeah. talk about that dynamic between those two guys. And, and you know, I, I understand the argument of why, you know, people think that these quarterbacks should be good teammates and, and you know, help their successor along. But, that you know, Brett Favre is right when he says that's not in his job description. Ben Roethlisberger is right when he says that's not something he has to do. Uh, you know, if somebody is behind you about to take your job, I think it's human nature to just, you know, kind of not exactly want to help that happen sooner than later. Um, so, look, it, it, it can both happen at the same time, right? Like, these are competitive situations. These are competitive people, um, you know, Ben Roethlisberger can quote unquote help, you know, Mason Rudolph, but that doesn't necessarily mean that Ben Roethlisberger is going to just be giving up his job, you know, for no reason because he understands that, you know, if, if he were to go down with an injury, he doesn't want to be the reason that the guy behind him isn't prepared, right? And he doesn't want to have that reputation not only on his team but throughout the league. So, you know, it's again, you got to give these guys credit for being competitors and understanding situations like that. Um, but no, I, I don't think this is anything new. Uh, I think it's human nature. Um, and, and in this Jeff Diamond piece that I'm referencing, uh, he references the time that uh, Fran Tarkenton, at the end of his career, he was not willing uh, to, to, you know, to help his suitor or the person who was going to come after him uh, come along. So, and that was back in, what, the 70s? So th- this is nothing yep. new. And it's just people being people, quarterbacks. 
Uh, Tad Haslip is our guest. We're talking NFL on the Big Talker 1700. Okay, to uh, Mark Ingram and the Saints, uh, he gets a four-game suspension for apparent PEDs, but now they're saying that it's not really PEDs? Can you help us out here and explain what's going on? <laughs> I don't have any inside info on this one. I, I will say there have been a lot of cases recently where guys have taken something over-the-counter that supposedly was approved by the league, but maybe something was mislabeled or misrepresented. Uh, there's been a lot of that going on recently. Uh, it sounds like that could be, this could, you know, be another case of that. I, I will say this, and for the Saints, like, my, I'll admit, my initial reaction to this was, the Saints are going to be fine. Like, if there's a team that you could pin, say, okay, one of their running backs is going to get nailed with the four-game suspension, you would say, well, the Saints have two good running backs. They will probably survive. This is definitely a much bigger deal for Mark Ingram, um, because not only is he trying to get a new contract, but he's you know he's getting up there in age, and, and this is probably going to be his last good NFL contract. And now this comes out, and you know it's just kind of the reputation, not only from his own team but around the league. What exactly went wrong here? You know, how do you not know what's going in your body? There are a lot of questions to be asked. Some of them fair, some of them unfair. Um, but it's kind of been a bit of a trend lately in the league, and, and you know maybe it's something that the league needs to look at and say. What are we testing for, and why are we testing for these things if, if they're happening like this? So, Ted, I, w- I was listening to an interview uh, down in Kansas City the other day, and, and Sammy Watkins' name was brought up. And why do we continue to be <laughs> enamored with these guys? Look, I get it. He's still 24. He doesn't turn 25 until next month. But we've seen Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins is not <laughs> a guy that you can count on or or. Do you still have hope that he can turn out to be the guy that was drafted in the first round, the fourth pick uh, in the NFL draft back in 2014? I think it's unfair to expect him to become that guy, the guy, you know, the latter portion, the guy who was drafted in the first round, top ten. Um, because when you draft a receiver there, you expect him to be a superstar, uh, right? But I do also think uh, that he can still carve out a good NFL career. I mean, he, he had some success in Los Angeles, and I know that had a lot to do with the offensive scheme he was playing in, but. He's, we know he's a very talented player, it, again, and you kind of reference it, a lot of that optimism spawns from the fact that he's still so young, uh, and he, you, know, you see the flashes of potential, but then you're always going to have that lingering uh, injury issue. And I'm, I'm kind of a believer in, in the, uh, the fact that if you have an injury bug, you have an injury bug, right? You're just going to be injury prone, and that's just kind of the way it is, and we've seen that play out uh, with a lot of players in the NFL, specifically at the receiver position. So. Look, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you Sammy Watkins is going to be an all-pro, uh, but I also won't say that he could, you know, he could become a Pro Bowl-level type player for a season or two, uh, maybe not necessarily consistently, but he does have that talent. I just I think you kind of got to curb your expectations a little bit and not expect him to be that superstar that you thought he was going to be coming out of Clemson. Uh, Tad, take me to marijuana land, okay? Uh, now players coming out, coming out, and look, there's a wide receiver in Tampa that says, "Hey, I, 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 I'm much better if I do this." So he's voicing an opinion. Is it falling on deaf ears with the NFL? And if so, is he just caught between a rock and a hard place? Well, according to the league, it's not falling on deaf ears. They claim that that they've been looking into alternative. I don't want to say medicine, but ways to deal with pain, right? Because we all know that there is an issue in the league with players getting addicted to painkillers. And football of all sports, right, is, is going to have this issue more than any other sport because of the physical demands and how quickly these players have to recover 
from week to week. I mean, God forbid a, a player having to play a Thursday night game after a Sunday afternoon game, for example. Um, the recovery process is just really intense. And, you know, any, you know, for the most part, people who are pro use of cannabis or marijuana it, um, use that as the argument. You know, players are sitting here getting addicted to these painkillers, which is much more dangerous than marijuana use. Um, so, but like I said, the league claims that it's looking at this, although the league is not necessarily instituting any policies to suggest that they're doing anything about it. Uh, they just kind of keep kicking the can down the road and saying, we're looking into it, we're looking into it, we're looking into it, and nothing's happening. So I think if, if this wave gets a little stronger, this push gets a little stronger, especially in a time where the league is looking to try to make its game safer uh, and take anything unnecessary that's dangerous out of the game, and I think painkillers would be included in that, then it's more likely that you know there's actual change uh, as far as the policy goes. So I wouldn't be surprised to see it happen within the next decade, to be honest with you, but as of right now, with league meetings coming up this month, and then again in the fall, it, it's not going to be on the agenda. Um, the league is just going to keep saying that it's researching it, um, but there is a lot of momentum. Uh, so I do think something will happen eventually. All right, Tad, uh, last thing from me. we got four teams here that surround us that are all important, the Bears, Packers, Vikings, and Chiefs. Let's uh, let's go through. We haven't talked to you since the draft. What these teams did in the draft and going forward, thumbs up or thumbs down. Let's start in Green Bay with the Packers. Two cornerbacks with their first two picks in offseason. More movement than we're used to with their new general manager there taking over for Ted Thompson. Packers offseason going into 2018. Thumbs up or thumbs down? I'm going to give it a thumbs up. I like the moves, and, it, it, and I think it was key. to you got to combine the free agency moves with the draft. You, you mentioned how aggressive they were, and I liked that a lot. Um, and I think I can probably speak for all Packers fans when I say that, you know, it's been a long time coming uh, for not necessarily good moves, because the Packers have made good moves, but exciting moves, like moves that say, okay, this was something we needed. This makes a lot of sense. I'm excited. We don't know if it's going to work out or not, obviously. No one ever knows, but at least you have a fan base that can sit back and say, all right, I like these moves that we made. We drafted for need for the most part in the draft, and we picked up free agents who can help us in certain spots. Um, so I would give it a thumbs up. All right, let's go next then uh, to the team they'll more than likely be battling for the division crown with, the Vikings. Their draft, uh, I thought, was a little bit odd, but they're in a spot with so much. Maybe they were drafting more for depth. What do you think overall this offseason for the Vikings, up or down? Um, well, I think it's up, um, and it's, it's all about Kirk Cousins, right? I mean, now the Vikings are in a good spot because, I mean, with the exception of the amount of money they're paying uh, Kirk Cousins, but... You know, they, they get what appears to be an upgraded quarterback. Um, now, all the pressure, of course, goes to Kirk Cousins because, you know, everyone says and everyone agrees uh, that if you look at the talent around him in Minnesota, it is far superior to what he had in Washington. So if the production doesn't at least stay the same, um, and look, the Vikings won a lot of games last year, right? They were a Super Bowl contender. Uh, so that's the baseline that Kirk Cousins is working with now. So if the Vikings take a dip uh, and his production isn't very good, then all of a sudden... You know, things look bad for him. And, and to be honest, obviously, it looks bad on the Vikings, too, because they invested so much. Um, there were a lot of question marks in his free agency about which would be the team that takes the chance on him. And it's, it is still viewed as a chance just because he's one of those guys that nobody can agree on. Um, so, But the reason I'm giving him a thumbs up is at least they appeared to have upgraded. Um, maybe that's the missing piece uh, that gets him over the hump. I know that the Eagles game was a disaster in the NFC Championship. Um, but still, you know, you, like you said, you have a solid roster. There wasn't really anything the Vikings truly needed. Um, and look, they have Dalvin Cook coming back. So, I mean, you, you put that together and you have what appears to be a better team than it was last year when it went to the NFC Championship game. 
You know, it's so interesting that you're just uh, sitting here rattling stuff off to us with no notes, no nothing, stuck in the car. <laughs> hey, well, hey, when I, I like to call friends when I'm trying to just talk football anyway, so this is just the same thing. I'm just talking to you guys instead of like, my childhood friends. It's no awesome. It is, it is. We got two more <laughs> to go awesome. here on the local front. Let's go next to Chicago. The Bears, uh, a draft. Hey, admittedly, as a Bears fan, this is the first time in three years I've been excited about a Ryan Pace draft. Where do you sit with Chicago? Uh, I mean, look, you, you get a middle linebacker who supposedly can be a franchise middle linebacker. How, I mean, that's is, it's almost as good as it gets, right? Because if you have your quarterback in place, which Bears think they do, so this is, I, I'm in Charlotte, obviously, and I think in a decent comparison could be made to the stretch from 2011 to 2012 when the Panthers drafted Cam Newton and Luke Keekley, respectively, in the first round uh, of those two drafts. If the Bears have done something like that with these two drafts, you know, they're in business. I, I think it's, it's pretty easy to see. Now, I'm not totally sold on Mitchell Trubisky, but the Bears are, and that's all that matters. Uh, he showed them enough in the starts that he had last season. The record wasn't necessarily there. The stats weren't necessarily there, but they saw what they needed to see, and all they needed is that confidence. And it's like what we were saying with these this year's rookies. If the teammates believe in him, if he can get a grasp on the playbook and command the huddle, that's the hardest part, and it sounds like he has that down. Um, and then the Bears basically draft his counterpart for the other side of, of the ball, and if both those picks work out, I mean, this team is set for a decade. Uh, and then you just build around those two pieces. That's exactly what the Panthers have done, and that's why they have been a playoff team ever since. And finally, down right. to Kansas City. Let's finish up with the yep. Chiefs. We mentioned Sammy Watkins there, but uh, obviously new quarterback going to be a, a whole lot different down in KC. What do you see setting up going into 2018? Yeah, you know, it, uh, we've made a lot of these rookie quarterbacks and, you know, who's going to start and who's not, and, I think everyone is are looking. Everyone's looking at those rookies as kind of the quarterback storylines of this year. I'm sitting here looking at Kansas City. I mean, Kansas City shipped away their veteran starter of I don't even remember how many years Alex Smith has been there. And you know, after one start and whatever they've seen in practices uh, and off the field, they say, "Oh, yep, he's our guy." You know, like that. I don't. That doesn't happen in this league. Like for this team to put that much trust in a guy who has one start. Uh, and I know they liked him a lot in the draft, obviously. I mean, they traded up to, to pick him. Uh, but still, like, it, it, it's just amazing that they're willing to, to just move on from Alex Smith. And, and I know Alex Smith isn't, you know, a perennial Pro Bowl-type player, uh, but he's been good for them. And, and they've had playoff success with him, and, and, you know, they've had success in that division with him. And now, you know, they're going into this season in a division with tough defenses with what you could basically consider a rookie quarterback. I know he has the knowledge base now, uh, and it helps to have been in that system for a year, but... Um, kind of like how I said for the Vikings, it's all about you know their quarterback situation. With the Chiefs, it's all about their quarterback situation. It's all about Pat Mahomes and how he does in this offense. And look, it, I think the fair expectation is a lot more spice, right? You know, you have Kareem Hunt coming back, and you have a really good receiving core now, or so we think, <laughs> as we were saying. Um, and now you have a quarterback who can chuck the ball sixty yards, right? So it's an exciting time in Kansas City. Um, you know, there's been a, going to be a lot of change, especially defensively. Uh, but, again, if you have that franchise quarterback in place, it makes it a lot easier to stomach. Uh, depend- and it's a tough division. I mean, let's be honest, right? Like, the Chargers appear to be really good. I don't really know what to make of Denver, but, you know, with their quarterback change, they could be interesting. Uh, and the Raiders are, you know, kind of up and down. They're another team with a new coach. Kind of hard, you know, not really sure what to make out of them. But Kansas City, 
you know, you still have Andy Reid around. You have a little bit of continuity there. I, I do like the situation for the Chiefs. No complaints about their offseason either. Man, it's great having you on. I'm just glad you we got you for this length of time. I'm surprised Trenton didn't ask more uniform questions like, the Dolphins coming out with some tweaks, the Jaguars. We can yeah. get to that next time. We, we absolutely will. It's it's a long <laughs> summer still, Tad. Don't worry. We, we'll, we'll let Princeton take a day off, and just you and me will talk uniforms for an hour. <laughs> I was oh, going to say, when it gets to like June and July, and yep. there's not really much else to talk about with suspensions, we'll just talk uniforms for an hour. That's no problem. Consider me in. Thanks for your time, as always, Tad. <laughs> No problem. Thanks, guys. Tad Hasliff with the sporting news, and uh, absolutely love talking with that guy. Yeah, I love yep. talking uniforms with him, but great knowledge, Mesa, of the football. And, and <laughs> the offseason, you're right, Jim, it just it never ends. There's always something around no, the corner. there's always something. Yeah, never fails. I mean, just like we talked about Ingram uh, with, with the Saints, the marijuana situation again in the NFL. Uh, you know, guys are you know they're the guys are looking for for jobs. There's a possibility of Brandon Marshall sighting with the Seattle Seahawks. Trent. So I mean, it's it's it is it's nonstop in the National Football League. That's why it is America's number one sport, and it's not even close. Well, we're coming back on the other side. We'll put a th- cap on things, talking about what we're watching for tonight. A lot of day baseball going on throughout the afternoon. I have a feeling I know where Jimmy B is going to be tonight. We'll put a cap on things next here on Jimmy B and TC 1700 KBGG. All right, back one final time. Jimmy B in studio. Tomorrow, not going to be in studio, though. We will be out and about over at our friends at New Leaf Wellness with that ticket giveaway. Got a pair of tickets to the Cubs, the Chicago Cubs, in uh, their match up with the Phillies in June and also iCubs tickets will be given away tomorrow at New Leaf Wellness. Stop on out, put your name in the bucket, get a chance to win those tickets. 3930 West Town Parkway in West Des Moines and we'll be broadcasting live from 4 until 6 o'clock and Jim if you can't make it during that time while we're broadcasting live you can stop by anytime tomorrow they have an open house all day long just drop your name in and uh, we will get you in the drawing for those Cub tickets. Should be a fun one tomorrow. That's going to be a lot of fun, and I hope a lot of people show up. I mean, why wouldn't you show up to uh, at least take a look at what New Leaf Wellness offers and also a chance to win Chicago Cub tickets, and it's in June. Hopefully you'll get some decent weather in the windy city of Chicago. Speaking of the Cubs, uh, look, we talk about Miami showing up and what they did yesterday, and they did it again today with just another whitewash of uh, the Marlins. Uh, a great slump buster. It was just what the doctor ordered. It was. Uh, got Rizzo going a little bit today. I, I think yeah. that's something that you can take forward and, and hopefully Addison see him Russell. bust out. Yeah, Russell's a guy that we had talked about, Jim, and, and he stepped up in a big way. So a couple of those quiet bats suddenly coming alive. And, and with the uh, Cardinals losing their two-game set earlier this week, right back in the mix of things. It didn't take long. And Jim, I, I think we're both of the belief, though, this this is still the Cubs division. It's going to take a lot for me to get off that perch. I'm with you. I'm not getting off of that either. Look, I, I like the way St. Louis is uh, competing. Uh, 
I really do. And the Brewers and the Pirates are hanging around. Mm -hmm. But I think I think St. Louis is, I, I hope it's interesting down the stretch. I hope that Chicago at the All-Star break are not 15 games in front. Then I'm just like bored to tears. So I hope it's competitive down the stretch. But I'm with you when I believe the Cubs are the best team in the division. And they will indeed come out on top uh, when we get into September. So last night, Jimmy B, you gave us the yeah. winners, but it was pretty easy in the NBA as both teams were favored by double digits. So you didn't think either of them were going to cover. If you had to choose one, you said it was a Jazz, but you didn't feel overly confident. This tonight, basically a pickup game, a pick'em game in Game Five with the Celtics and the Sixers. Where are you leaning tonight? Um, you know, since it's a pick 'em, I'm going to go with Boston at home. I think that you probably saw the Sixers with their best performance that they had in the last game at home. I think the game will be close, but I think the Celtics find a way to close it out. I think Ben Simmons will struggle. They're going to give him that outside shot, and then when he tries to go toward the basket with penetration down the lane, they'll try to double and cut him off, and... I, I don't know what they're going to do with Joel Embiid. Look, Baines can only do so much on Embiid. But I believe also, if Philly is going to win this this thing tonight, Embiid is going to have to score 25-30. to 30. Well, I really believe that. I, I, I'm with you, Jim, but he's got he can't do it on 28 shots like he, he's tried a couple of times before. No, he's got to be a lot that. more efficient. It's, it's not about yes. points. To me, it's, it's right. about his efficiency. He's taking too many shots. Yeah, yeah, and they and they have to they have to set him up better in his comfort zone. Like, look, when we're watching Cleveland, we we watch the Cavs and the way that they set up Kevin Love on mismatches down low, and then he immediately floats to the low block and the entry pass goes, and he's in position to score. They haven't been doing that with Embiid at all. Every time the pass goes to him, he's under duress most of the time. So they're going to have to kind of come up with some new ways to try to get him the basketball, to let him be creative, and let him have a couple of easy chances. You're right, Trent. He cannot be jacking 28 shots again. That will be tonight. We'll recap that and a whole lot more tomorrow. Again, we'll be live from New Leaf Wellness, Westtown Parkway in West Des Moines. Stop out and see us as we're giving away Chicago Cub tickets for their matchup with the Phillies in June. Also, Iowa Cub tickets. That'll be tomorrow. Stop on by from 4 until 6 or throughout the day and get in the drawing for those Cubs tickets. Thanks to everybody out there for listening. Back tomorrow starting at noon, myself and Ken Miller from noon to 2, and then on your drive home with Jimmy B and TC. Thanks to everybody out there for listening in. We'll talk to you tomorrow.